thanks for joining me on the fourth series of my podcast, Beyond the Water Cooler. As usual, we'll be covering all things that shape employee experience that ultimately impact on engagement, performance and loyalty. Whether that's about leadership style, psychological safety, mental well-being, companies' impact on society, neurodiversity and so much more, there is something for everyone. I'm your host, Lisa. As a psychologist and psychotherapist in my business, it's time for change. I get to make a real difference in the world of people. Working with companies who want to be great with inspiring leadership, an awesome culture and a wow workforce, that's my thing. And that's what this podcast is all about. You know those challenges and questions that can occupy your headspace, perhaps working out how to support people or how to develop a better way of working or how to increase capacity while keeping people on your side. Well, I'm your soundboard, problem and picker, and guide to doing things that ultimately increase employee happiness. My mantra is simple, get people right, get business right. So let's dive in. So March is B Corp month and so who better to join me than Chris Williams, who is sustainability champion and commercial manager at Jennings, where they have just been awarded the badge. So welcome, Chris. Thank you, Lisa. And I was just admitting uh, off air that I didn't actually know that March was B Corp month until I invited you on as a guest and started looking a bit more at B Corp stuff. And I was like, this is very timely <laughs> having this conversation. Um, I'm looking forward to learning more about um, B Corp today and understanding the difference it's made for your business. And I think with Jennings, your approach is based on um, and has always been based on one that's about um, trust, really good relationships. Um, sort of honesty, transparency, and so on, which I think is um, lots of organisations or lots of leaders and companies will aspire to. But as your landlord, and I want you to explain a little bit more about um, Jennings, it's not something that you normally put those terms, those values, those behaviours necessarily together. So let's start by hearing a little bit more about you, Chris, in terms of your role and what Jennings is actually all about. Sure. Um, So my official title is commercial manager. Um, The good thing about being a commercial manager is nobody actually knows what that is. So um, I I have a a very mixed role and see an awful lot that comes through the company. Mm. So anything slightly unusual, we usually end up on my desk and B Corp being one of them. Um, But I also get involved in some HR and some marketing and some of the property maintenance and, and various other areas of the business. Uh, so it's it's a very varied role, lovely role. I, over the last four or five years, I've morphed that role into being a sustainability champion and an eco ambassador. Mm. Um, and the ambassador role is probably more important because now we're beginning to spread the message further afield. And I'll explain how that works. So Jennings, we are, yes, you're right, commercial property landlords. We, we own Monument Business Park in Chalgrove. That is home to 80, 90 small businesses, mostly owner-managed. Um, employees of one to 10 is average. We have some that are much larger. And uh, we have a mix of workshops, light industrial, and service offices. Mm. Uh, our prime uh, tenant base, I suppose, would be people who are generally working from home, or they have uh, a, a very interesting idea and they want to grow and develop it. 
Mm. So they come to us for either a very small workshop, we have them sort of double garage size, or a small office. And our real strength, I think, is helping in and encouraging them to grow. Mm. Um, and the nice thing is we have lots of different shapes and sizes of, of, of um, workspace, so people can grow with us. And eventually they will outgrow us and they move on. And that's with our blessing too. So um, with that very strong tenant base, for us, it's a really important thing to build that relationship and, and all the things you, you talked about of authenticity and integrity, honesty. These all form part of our core values um, as a business. And what, what it's helped is it, it it's a two-way street because the tenants know that they have a landlord that they can trust and work with and we have a solid tenant base that we know we can rely on and they will stay with us and some of our tenants have been with us 30 or 40 years so it it obviously works mm. um th there's lots of other things which i'm sure we'll come on to why that's that that's sort of, as a commercial landlord that works even better um but further than that it's 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 how we then show up in the rest of the community and we're, we're, we're rural, we're based near Chalgrove. Um, a lot of the workforce for the businesses on the park come from Chalgrove Village and the surrounding villages. So we know that we also have a responsibility to interact with lots of the local villages and the parish councils and the county council and the Vale of Whitehorse District Council to make sure that everything is sort of in place and that people have the right tools to be able to do what they need to do for their work. Mm. Um, beyond that, we started uh, working with local charities in, in some earnest about 12, 14 years ago um, by setting up the Monument Community Trust, which helps local charities, not necessarily with fundraising, although we do do a bit of it, it's more to do with helping them understand a commercial aspect of their charity so it's 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 mentoring and coaching and advising in a way that perhaps the charity leaders who've got big hearts but not necessarily much of a business brain mm. sometimes they just need a, a helping hand in the steer um, working with local schools i'm a, a school governor um an enterprise advisor at the the local school um so it's it's all of those kind of things that go into the pot to make um us tick we love doing it it's not this isn't that's not our work our work is property um that pays the bills but all the rest of it helps us to do all the things that we as a team like to do and I think that has always really come across so I remember reading the book Valuable by Mike Jennings mm -hmm. years ago and um that really kind of unpicked what Jennings was all about based around those values and those relationships and and all the stuff that actually is really important for our day-to-day -day, you know it's that experience of you know what is my day-to-day -day like and that's the bit that really comes across as drives you and your team and it's something that is held dear to the people who are part of you know when you say monument park but it's 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 more like a, it's a proper community isn't it, it that is. sense of, yeah. Um, yeah. people like yeah. each other and and um mm -hmm. and so on so actually I wasn't surprised at all when I heard that Jennings had got that B Corp status, that you know, accreditation, because it was um, it just almost seals what you're doing already rather than saying, right, we need to do something different. What can we do So tell us a bit about what B Corp is actually about? 
in in a in a simple sentence, their their mantra is people, profit, planet. It's a it's a triple bottom line. So rather than just uh, an organisation, a business focusing on their profit, it's about looking at the people, the planet, and the profit. Um, and what that means is is really, I suppose, doing business better. Um, it's understanding that your the way you run your business has an impact on the on the environment every business does but how can you minimize that how can you mitigate that uh the people is about the community that i was just talking about and and ensuring that you're you know you look after your staff you don't just pay the minimum wage and tell them to get on with it it's it's how you empower them and look after them and encourage them and grow them as individuals develop them as as people um and the profit um not surprisingly i i, I suppose does come with that Mm. Um, we're pleased to say that over the last couple of years, our profit has been the highest ever. So, mm. but you know, we, we we we've always been that way. But I, you know, is it a coincidence because we've been focusing on this for the last two or three years, things are getting even better and better? I don't know. But it's it's B, B Corp themselves say that this is a common theme that that over a third of all the B Corps report higher profits when 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 they certify. And that's not really surprising, is it? Because if people, you wouldn't have thought so. No, if people enjoy working, being part of that community, and mm. see the, I mean, it's it's good for people. Well, it's good for people at all levels, whether mm. you're actually working for Jennings or you're working, um, you know, in one of your properties or you're a, a client of one of those services, one of those businesses who knows the, the story. And um, I think it's, people are much more invested in. In knowing the bigger bigger picture now aren't they rather than yeah, just looking at land on their desk they, they totally are and and um i don't know if 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 any of your listeners came along to we we, we host networking events and and workshops educational workshops and things we had uh, mark cudigan who's the the chief exec of uh, ella's kitchen the the baby food children's food and he came along all oh, the end of last year november to talk to an audience at our place about Ella's Kitchen and and you know they've been they've recertified so they've been B Corp now for about five years. Mark is phenomenal and he just breathes B Corp. He's he's B Corp. If you cut him through the middle, he would have B Corp there. Lovely, wonderful guy, and he he talks so passionately about Ella's and the people there. And it it it, it again, it's a place that doesn't just focus on one area of the business. It, it they they're, they're so conscious of their people. And the impact they have in their supply chain upwards and downwards um and the environment you know they they do everything they can to try and source responsibly and and, and produce properly and he he was saying that they're, they're actually owned by an american company and the americans were saying you know god this b corp just seems like such hard work why do you bother and mark just turns around and says because we're the most profitable section of the business you know this organization um, but Ella's still is hand, hands and feet above everybody else in your organization. So there's a reason why it works. That's not why we do it, but that it, you know, the follow-on is that it works. And it's interesting to hear, you know, people from all these different, you know, that the food, food is nothing, you know, we're, we're, we're commercial managers, property managers, but, but, you know, in the food industry and um, others around will all say the same thing. Mm. Really interesting. And I like, you know, the name, um, B Corp in terms of benefit, standing for benefit corporation. Mm. So some people mm. won't 
know necessarily what the B Corp stands for and just the fact it's got benefit in it. <laughs> <laughs> it you know, the, the B, B Corp, it's, it's one of the things I still have a bit of a gripe about. I'm not sure it's the best name for them. No. Um, because people don't, you know, it's not something that, that immediately lands with people as, as to what it is or what it stands for or, or, or you know, where, where they're going with it. Mm. Um, so if, if if I were them, I would probably be looking at having a name change, but I suppose, you know, they're, they're, it's quite ingrained now. So B, B Corp has been around for 10 years. Um, it started in the US uh, with some um, former chief execs who just felt that business wasn't being done properly and so set about um creating um a method of measuring the business impact so and it's grown and developed over the years but from those that small acorn there are now i think something like six thousand b corps across the world it's a global movement and it, it's business as a force for good is is their strap line um, in the UK alone, there are over a thousand now. We had a, a thousand back in November. We had a big party in, in uh, well, um, I think all over the country there were B Corp parties celebrating the thousand B Corps, and they're of all shapes and sizes. It started off, I think, targeting the bigger organisations, the, the you know the, the, the mega ones, um, but they're now I think much more interested in the smaller ones and, and people like Jennings and, and the one and two men. The highest scoring B Corp in the UK is is U Underwear, who are based in Oxford Covered Market. Mm. Um, and it's a lady called Sarah Jordan. I think she's got one, maybe two staff. So it, it doesn't have to be a, a huge um, corporation to go for this. Although some do, you know, the Guardian newspaper, um, Jamie Oliver's group is, is, are all B Corps. Um, so you can be a fairly large concern or a one, two person operation. And your the number you're just saying about um there are over six thousand B Corps now. Um I uh, found the same thing when I was doing some research for this. Um and across it, it spans across 89 countries mm -hmm. and 159 mm -hmm. industries. And you just mm -hmm. think, you know, for those people who are like, oh, it's, it, that's all right for them, it doesn't really fit me. It's like it, does. You know. it, it will, it will. Yeah. So um Many people argue, and you've already kind of touched on this, that the purpose of business is essentially to make money. So why did you choose, because you, know, you had a lot of these principles in place anyway, in terms of values and relationships and just how you operated. What, what made you choose to go down that B Corp path? So we, we were told about it by um, a, a, a good friend of the business, uh, Charlie Cox, who, who runs Climate Change Coaches, um, and she she had heard the um, the people who formed B Corp. She heard them talk at, at a, something called the Meaning Conference in Brighton, um, and she said to us, "This looks like a really good fit for Jennings because of the way they operate and the way you operate. This looks like it might be something worth looking into." And we, you know, we we we're not great for going for badges. You know, there there is CSR, there's ISO, there are various other other means and methods of of measuring yourself. Um, and we looked into B Corp, and we just thought that actually it does fit. It's a nice fit. We like the other people that were already B Corp. We like the people who were aspiring to it. They talked our language, and it looked like a challenge. Mm. So I, first of all, I I 
became the the beekeeper as they call them um and um began by just investigating what this impact assessment which is um their their, their tool for all the questions that you have to answer i read through that <clears throat> over a couple of days and came out with sheets of questions and thoughts and ideas and why aren't we doing this and how could we do that and it was absolutely fascinating and had me hooked from from that moment little did i know <laughs> <laughs> how long it does actually take to answer some of those questions properly yeah. um and even a business i've said this before but a business like ours where where we, we were trying to do things properly and we were being authentic and we were um you know we, we were true to our values um and we thought that would probably help and it does but by god they want some some real in-depth knowledge of what you do and how you do it and why you do it and who's it impacted and how do you measure that mm. you know those are all the really tough questions and some really big tranches of work which, which again we hadn't really expected but you know they, they poke and, and, and probe about your environmental work and really, you, although you, you can get by without calculating your carbon footprint, I was beginning to feel we ought to. You know, as a responsible business, let's do that. Why, why not? And then I realised how much work is involved in doing that <laughs> as a business park, you know, because it's, it's, it's yeah. not straightforward for, for a lot of businesses, for a business park where we've got the, all of these buildings and all of these different industries and lots of things going on. How, how, do, we, how do we get? So that was a big crunch work. Mm. But what it led to was not just us being able to calculate it, but us being able to then work out how we can start reducing. Mm. So we've set targets for reducing energy and reducing waste and reducing transport and, and deliveries and other things. Um, and that's been, although we, we have offset, which I think any business will need to offset the, 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 some amount, over the last three years, we've seen it um, go down and down and down the footprint. And that's that's I think through careful effort and, and trying hard to be better. So that's one of the tangible benefits. There's um, a real there's a real connection, isn't there? What you've just said, it made me think of a conversation I had with another guest um, recently, Nicola Weir, who's talking about ESG, and that you know the being much more aware of how your business operates in terms of its impact on the environment mm -hmm. and looking at how to reduce that, and it can feel quite daunting when people are facing that sort of task how, where, how do I get my head around it but the, you just described that brilliantly in terms of you just some reading you're just thinking you realize that actually it's something that fits well fits in with your values and you found a way to to make that work in quite mm. a tricky context so it just goes to show that it is it is possible if people really want to engage with that it, it's totally possible and it, it... Uh, you know, uh, it's it's always harder when when you when you've reached the I wouldn't even say the summit, but when you're halfway up the hill, mm. remember what it was like when you were at the bottom of the hill, looking up and thinking, oh, there's no way I can do that." And and yes, I've been there and and just thought this is such a mountain. And you start to research and read lots of different things, and it can be really off-putting. You know, particularly if you go to the government websites. I mean, they're just dreadful. Yeah. Sorry for anybody from the government's listening, but do something about it for God's yeah. sake. They're not engaging at all, are they? No, it puts no. completely. They're totally. And it's too factual and it's too disciplined and it's too and really what we want, and this is this is a big message that we're trying to impart, is what we really want is to make this simpler. 
because if you've got people who are you want people to get engaged with this it's got to be simpler for them um and you know i i know this from because we've got this tenant base of you know 80 90 small businesses from all these different industries you know from everything from um designing websites to cookie production to pizzas to 3d printing you name it we've got it they haven't got time to wade through a thousand pages of government codswallop to get the answers they need i've been lucky and and also sought out some really good people along the way who've helped tremendously and without them I, I, you know we wouldn't have got there so you know part of your toolkit is making sure you've got some some other people that you can lean on and, and help uh, ask for help from and maybe in a in a bit when I actually ask you about um <clears throat> some of the resources or some places to go that might be helpful um if any of those people you think might like to be named or we could put their names in the show notes <laughs> then um yeah. then do um yeah. you might want to check them first <laughs> um but no, I, I, th I throw these names out liberally <laughs> <laughs> whether they like it or not <laughs> um it's being consistent that you talked about is values um what do you think for you chris what is a values based culture and you know how do they how are those values kind of applied in the real world when we're thinking about sort of values based culture what does that actually mean what does that look like at jennings it's, it's a good question because i think va values are, are a, a different set of values will probably be applicable to each organization and it, i think it's partly to do with the business owner and 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 how they feel or what they feel the values should be but i think even more important than that i think it's their team and asking their team what they think the values should be because the team are the ones who are really going to make this work mm. um, and a business owner who comes in and it's very tempting to say this is what we now believe um, but if it doesn't resonate with the team it ain't going to happen <laughs> so I, I think the first step is probably uh, and, and uh, I'm, I'm conscious Lisa that the, the, this is ground that you've covered in, in other podcasts but you know getting a values-based culture is about asking your team what is important to them not necessarily going with everything that they suggest but I think coming up with perhaps three four five values that resonate with everybody or as many of the team as you can mm. and once you've got that I think that then becomes your bedrock and this this is the bedrock for the company this is something that Jennings did I think, 15 years ago so and again, for a commercial property landlord 15 years ago, this was quite unusual. And Mike talks about this in his book, you know, that it was quite unusual. And it's quite frightening, you know, for, for, for people to do this, stand up and say, actually, we're, we're not just about counting the pennies. We're not Rackman landlords banging on desks, house, demanding rent and hire this and hire that. Um, so we, we came up with a set of values. And actually, and this is another thing that, that will happen, is that you will find people who resonate with those values, people who appreciate your values will stay. Mm. ones who don't get it will go and we found that with yeah it's no bad thing yeah. we found it with some of the staff in the team we found it with some of our suppliers mm. we definitely found it with some of the tenants mm. but the ones who stayed and got it got it because they they are the same you know they but feel isn't that great it. when you have yes. the courage to say this is, <clears throat> this is who we are this is what we believe in this is yes. what's important 
and if it doesn't fit for you then that's fine yeah we're not trying to be everything to everyone yeah and, and so what now we do is we recruit um the, not we don't have a big turnover of, of staff you know again again because people like working somewhere where they have you know feel they can be themselves but but we don't recruit because people have property knowledge or, or property um qualifications we recruit because we think they're good people and they can you know they, they can relate to other people you can teach people property stuff i mean that's you know it's exactly. you can out of a book or out of a website yeah um what's really important is how they interact and 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 very much the same with tenants you you tend to find that you know that if if we have an, a, a unit and people are, are being shown around if if they just are scratching their head saying who are these bloody people mm-hmm. these don't sound like landlords to me then fine go somewhere else we you know you're only you're only going to f- stand out if you do stay if you do mm-hmm. come and but beyond that i think what it's done is it then empowers everybody within the team to feel they can operate as themselves and make decisions and they don't have to be micromanaged. They don't really need to be managed much at all, because you know, yes, they'll make mistakes. Mistakes are learning ground, aren't they? Um, but they they have the decision making to be able to go and buy if they need to, or to um, have a conversation with someone a difficult conversation if they need to. And if they're not confident, they'll ask advice. But you know, we encourage people to just go out and be yourself, mm-hmm. be honest to yourself, be true to yourself. And, you know, th- there's nothing really you can do wrong because if you've tried and you've done it along the lines of our values, that's fine. If people, which, you know, does happen, of course, if people um, tread on those values, you can see physically see members of our team sort of standing back you know what what and and that's the natural reaction that we want because from having that impact that they then know that they have to react to that and it's not as though they then have to go and see their line manager and you know what do I do about the react to it how you want to mm. take ownership of it yeah take ownership of it mm. and it and again I I think you know what what more could could someone working for a company want than being themselves feeling they've got the decisions to make themselves that they're autonomous you know they they can do whatever they need to do to make their job better mm. um, and if they want to have more training or they want to have more coaching or they want to that's all fine too and if they don't that's fine <laughs> you know Actually, but there's nothing that you've said that would make someone go oh that's not really for me <laughs> it's, it's everything, you're, everything you're describing it's like Wow, that if I had an you know, if my experience in my work was like that, that'd be absolutely awesome. And it yeah. just goes to show, you know, that as part of if you're interested in creating an environment based around positive values and you know being aligned to B Corp values and um, what you know everything that stands for, then it's a win-win all around. Mm-hmm. So if you, so if you're so I'm picturing you sitting at your desk with a mountain of reading <laughs> and very long to-do lists. Tell us, kind of just outline for us what the, the process is. So for people who are thinking, actually, this, this all sounds really good. What is the process for becoming sort of certified with the B Corp as a B Corp organisation? OK, so the, the step number one is, <clears throat> excuse me, go to the B Lab UK website. And from there, you can then download the business impact assessment, BIA. And it's free. 
Um, I think you register your email and they will, you, you then download it. Um, it will start by asking your a few details about your, your sector and your industry and the number of employees so that they can sort of gate you into the right area for the questions that then come. Lots of the questions are gated. So you answer yes to one and, and lots more of those similar questions will come. No, and you'll go off into a different direction. From the BIA, which, which essentially will have something like um, 100 questions to start with, um, there are five key areas that it, it, it asks about. One is governance. How well you, you know, how, how do you run your company under what terms and, and, and the staff, how you treat your staff, what you do with your staff, how you develop and engage. And um, the third is the environment. This isn't necessarily in order, but the environment. Um, customers, which is your clients, customers, but also your supply chain, people that you're buying from, um, and the community is the fifth one. So how you interact, you know, what I was saying before about how you interact with your community. And it's not just um, having a fun day for your favourite charity or going and painting a wall in the, the community centre. It's it's about really engaging with. Mm. So they, they ask questions about how do you do it? How many hours do you spend doing it? And, and I suppose the difficulty then comes is then asking how do you quantify it and how do you measure it and how do you measure your impact? Anybody's asked them, asked, been asked, how do you measure your impact? You know, it's a really tough question. Hmm. They will ask this around a whole range of different things that you do. Um, so, so I know that smaller businesses, the one and two person businesses, and uh, certainly if they've embedded this sort of culture from the very start of you know, the formation of the, the, the business, they find this much easier and they can zip through these questions pretty well and come out with a decent score. The, the, the minimum score you need is 80 points. That's the golden ticket. Most companies, when they first start, will get about 50. And I think Jennings, when we first started, we ended with about 75. Mm. So we knew we had some more work to do. <clears throat> and things like the carbon footprint, yes, it gets you more points, but I wanted to know what our carbon footprint was. Mm. They ask, you know, this thing about staff and, and um, employees. Um, it, it asked for, you know, have you got written policies on? Now, we've always done things on gut feeling. We're, we're pretty crap with paperwork anyway, if I'm honest, but um, so shockingly so sometimes. Um, so we didn't have lots of, you know, HR-type policies around, you know, what happens if people need to have leave for care, mm. caring for a, a relative. Um, we didn't have a written one, a policy for that. We didn't have a written policy for um, the menopause. Mm. Um, and lots of these different things. And not only was I thinking, well, maybe we should. You know, we, we, we're we a mixed bunch at, at Jennings and we, you know, we have women, we have people who've got children, we have, you know, all the all the things that most companies would and should have. Mm. Um, should Maybe we should think about it. Mm. And what it then developed into, maybe I should rewrite the staff handbook, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because you know, although it was it was nice, it didn't actually reflect how we were and where we were going. And all the way through this process, you know, I was asking advice from all the members of the team, the property managers and the maintenance people, and the the MD Paul and and the accounts department, because we have to account for all this stuff and how much is it going to. 
So all of these people were getting involved. And I, I think sometimes I felt I was a bit down a rabbit hole and sort of, you know, disappearing from everybody else's view. And other times I would I would sort of come back out and say, look, guys, this is why I'm doing it. Mm. And and I think people then began to get engaged with it. When you explain what the reason for it is, it's not just me disappearing behind a mound of paperwork, which you're absolutely right, did happen. Um, but it's it's also about getting other people in the team engaged and, and understanding what journey we're on. And I ended up doing a, a PowerPoint presentation for them, which was really nervous. And the most nervous I've ever been was doing a PowerPoint to my team to say, this is where we're going. Because, and I said, you know, the reason I'm so nervous doing it for you guys is because it's really important I get this right. Because if you don't get it, if you don't believe it, if you're don't not on board, you know, I'm wasting my time. Mm. We're wasting our time doing this. Mm. Um, and I've got to say, luckily, the feedback afterwards was brilliant. Just suddenly it was like a, you know, for some it was a light bulb moment. Others had seen it, you know, right, right from the start and so understood more. But, you know, for some it was like, a, oh, yeah, now I get it. So we're doing this anyway, but now we've got to, you know, do this and do that and do the other and, and tread this path. Yes, that's what we're doing. It really may, it's, it's great because it makes you stop and look at what you're doing. Like, and I keep, and actually, conversation, um, I've had another guest, Carla, um, I can't remember Carla or Gemma. This is a theme that keeps coming up was around creating space. Just mm. to say, right, this is where we're at. And actually, why do we do things the way we do them? And are the way we do things and, and the processes and systems we have in place, are they still fit for purpose? Do they still serve us as well as we want them to? And I guess it's it's useful to hear that just going through this process just helps people reevaluate yes. what they do mm -hmm. and how they do it because it's so easy, isn't it, just to think, well, yeah, we've got the staff handbook, tick that one off. Or mm -hmm. lots of people will say, well, we've got we have got policies, but it's actually when were they last reviewed and how were they reviewed and who were they reviewed with? You know, it's all that stuff that we really need to just going back to the basics rather than just keep adding and adding and adding layers of complexity is what we have in place now really serving us well I've, uh, you you asked a while ago why why did we decide to go for b corp mm. this was exactly the reason it's it's the challenge it's the you know it's it's it is too easy sometimes just to say it's always been that way or yeah we've got that it was written 10 years ago it's still fine very tempting to do that and it's, you know, it, it does take a certain amount of gumption to go back through it all, dust it off, and, and they 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 get into every corner. You know, there, there are no dusty little cupboards that they won't find somewhere. You you have to, you know, be absolutely squeaky clean. And 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 that I found a real challenge. And that was really quite enjoyable part mm. of it was was getting into all these areas and, and involving lots of people through the through the thing as well. So the the the, the challenge was was very good and we all the way through, I was asking myself, you know, is this for B Corp or is this a benefit to the business? And in 99.9% .9 of the cases, it was a benefit to the business. Mm -hmm. Yes, it ticked a B Corp box, but it was a benefit to the business. Mm -hmm. um, but you uh, see that as well. When, when you're, you know, you're the whole, you describing a process around getting feedback, you're constantly seeking feedback. Mm -hmm. um, what you were just saying about connecting people across the organizations it's very easy for people to say well you know my role is this and I sit over mm -hmm. here and I just look after that bit of the business and someone else mm -hmm. is over there doing that bit and actually when you've got something that brings everyone together and really connects people and people have a voice to say this is what works this doesn't and we could do this better and 
you know that's that's just brilliant practice yeah yeah and and so so many times <clears throat> you know you, you you lose sight of what people's day-to-day -day role really is and, yeah and, you know you you I would be saying, well, why don't we do this? And they, they were saying, well, you know, we've been doing that for two or three years. Didn't you know? Well, no, I didn't know. But now I do know. That's great. Can we talk about it? You know, that, that's sometimes a really simple thing. And there'll be a lot of that going on in a lot of businesses. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And yeah. the bigger the business, the more it'll happen, I'm sure. Yeah. So yeah. tell us, Chris, well, I know, but tell people who are listening about the sparkly hot pants, hence the <laughs> end of this episode. <clears throat> So what, what, one of the people that I will name drop because I think she's just amazing is Siobhan Mansell. And she is um, of Make It Good. She, her, she I, I, I met up with Siobhan, oh God, six, nine months ago. Um, and she just, I find her fascinating. She, she's a little Australian firecracker. And she just has a way of presenting, talking, communicating that, that just... I, we adore it's it's so just right so we 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 knew that we got the the badge the b corp certification and we were thinking how do we roll this out how do we tell people what do we and so we got in touch with siobhan and it was a, a sort of conversation i think between her and, and and i where she said you know how hard was it and i said well you know, it's not all sparkly hot pants. So you've got to get your, you know, hands dirty and get in there and, and really work at it. And she thought that was hilarious. So that became the sparkly hot pants. <laughs> and no, it's 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 not something we're going to use as a trademark now with everybody wearing hot pants, please. <laughs> Although I have to say, Chris, that everyone now knows you and B Corp and having gone along to your Jenny's party, <laughs> where there are lots of sparkly pot, hot pants. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. is becoming a trademark. Um, <laughs> So what you already mentioned um, the resource for people to um, go and have a look at to help them with BIA. Mm -hmm. Are there other particular resources, people who you want to sort of shout about in terms of helping <clears throat> others who are interested in exploring this a little bit more? There are. Uh, one, one thing, <clears throat> and, and this isn't a plug, but I would suggest people do go to the Jennings.co.uk website under the banner of good stuff, good stuff we do or good stuff, um, there is a section on our sustainability journey and also the B Corp. And within that, there is a whole list of people who helped us along the way. So I will give a particular mention in, in a second, but I think that's just worth people knowing. There's also <clears throat> a roadmap, which, which was something that we, we didn't find um, not just for a business park, but I think, uh, you know, just a general company wanting to do something around the environment, a roadmap for how do you plot this out? How, and this is, again, back to where you're at the bottom of the mountain looking up, thinking, uh, mm. I need help. And so this roadmap is just plotting years of what do you do in two years, what do you do in three, five, four, um, and setting little miniature targets for yourself along the way. So that, that that's a good result. Um Particular thanks from us goes to a chap called Jake Backus of Empathy Sustainability, who held our hands, um, analysed some of the questions that I just ended up scratching my head over. He picked up my toys when I threw them out of the pram several times. 
um, was a voice of reason when there seemed to be no reason. Mm. Um, so real thanks to him. Uh, Hannah Scott at Oxfordshire Green Tech and Bioregional, their network of people and the way they are um, introduced us to lots of good people. Tammy Marrett of Green Savvy being another one mm. um, who helped us understand our sustainability report that, that she compiled for us. Um, and immediately paid for itself by one of the savings that she highlighted, a, a bin collection. Um, she said, you're having that collected too often, why don't you stop having it collected that often? We did, and it saved enough to pay for a report and more. You know, it's just, mm. you know, so it's win-win solutions all the way along. And and so they're, they're, those are some of the people that I would say particular thanks to. There's There's been many and plenty, so do have a look at the website. That's um, There are more there. And as you're going through the process were there things that you learned that surprised you because there would have been lots of you know as you were opening those dusty old cupboards and getting into the corners because you knew that they were going to be inspected um you know you would have been typing up on things and just improving things but was there, any, there anything that you learned along the way that you were surprised by I, I, I think I mean one of the surprises you know without being glib I think we you know we we, we are an ethical business we've always been sustainable we you know we we've tried to do things properly ever since you know we, we started and I think what surprised us was you know that even with that kind of background this was no walk in the park this was mm -hmm. this was really hard work and we we really had to focus on it and improve mm -hmm. and but this is what B Corp want and this is again going back to why did we decide to do it if it had just been a tick box exercise and we'd ended up with a you know badge, great, but why? This was a challenge and this has helped us learn and codify, I suppose, what we were doing um, and challenge ourselves, you know, put ourselves in, in some awkward places and, and ask some really difficult questions. Mm. Do we want to do it this way? Or do we, you know, it's a newer way, a different way better? Yeah. So when... I'm just thinking about something um, I read in a book or I read about a book called um, The B Corp Handbook by Ryan Honeyman. I don't know if you've come across that. Uh, he had written that becoming a certified B Corporation can help unleash the passion, initiative and imagination of employees by connecting them with the larger meaning behind their work. And I think you've touched on that already in terms of, um, you know, it's that sense of meaning and purpose. It's the bigger picture rather than just what my immediate task is in front of me today. What difference, you know, you've already mentioned the profit, your profit being um, as, as good as it's ever been, but what other differences has it, this made to your organisation? Just going through, either going through the actual process or getting the, the accreditation? I, I, I think it's, it's still fairly early days. We, we only certified at the beginning of November last year. So it's, we're still finding our feet really. Um, I, th I think t t two things, um, well, se several things, but but two things particularly. I think one is it opens us up to a whole community of like-minded people. You know, the B Corps who are out there, people like Mark Cunningham at Ella's Kitchen and and others. That you know, the, 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 and and there's a lo really good local B, a B B local Oxfordshire group. So twenty five, thirty businesses, from Oxfordshire and and, and neighbouring counties. Um, who are really helpful and supportive and and 
um, swap ideas and, and we'll um, be there if you need them. Uh, Friday, I was at uh, a company called Oxwash, um, who are uh, a laundry service in Oxford who do everything very environmentally. Um, and they've been a B Corp uh, for, for, for a while now. Um, everything's done by electric cargo bikes or electric vans. Their washing procedures are, are done at you know minimal temperatures, minimal chemicals, if any, um, nothing to harm the environment or, or, or as little as possible. Um, and there was, it was a group of us there talking about how you know what how, how do businesses go for net zero? And, and between around a table of say seven or eight people, and the really good conversation. So it's opened the door to that kind of thing, which is really useful. For us, although it's nice to have the badge, you know, I've talked about the badge and it's nice to have it. Really for us, what, what, what I'm after next is this gives us a platform to talk to other people. And, and this type of conversation is exactly that, where we can help promote the idea of doing business better. And you don't have to go all the way to the gong if you don't want it but at least start a thought process around how you can empower your team or how can you start setting up um, uh, some values around your, your the way you want to operate? Can you think about the environment better? Can you interact with your community better? If you can do all of those things, fantastic. Mm. If you just do one or two, that's doing something better. And, and that's the kind of platform that I was hoping we would get. And I think, you know, listen to everything you're describing and also with everything that I've read around B Corp, it's it's almost like why would it why would people not do it, apart from obviously the work involved. Um something I read from Walden University about the benefits um of becoming a B Corp were things and you've touched on some of these already, but um so having more control as a business. So because your your investors know that your goals are much bigger than just profit. Um, you know, you you have more freedom to focus on what is important in terms of what's most meaningful to you as an organisation. Ironically, that drives up your profits, <laughs> but you mm. have to you have more control over how you do how you run your business, and you know that sense of credibility that you have because people know very clear about what you stand for and what is important and how you go about things. So you're immediately more credible. It's you're very transparent in terms of what it is you do and don't do and how you do it. Um, one, one of the things that the B Corp asks for yeah. from, from all businesses is that you have, uh, you change your articles of association. Mm. So that um, rather than you, most articles will say that the company is there for the benefit of the shareholders, which is usually a select group. Yes. Um, in our case, family members and and, and perhaps board members. Um, and in larger organisations, it will be, you know, PLCs and, and so on. It will be, you know, a group of shells. So that's the standard set of, of articles. B Corp says that it's that that needs to change and that you must consider all stakeholders, mm. the benefit of all stakeholders. And that's a, 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 a big swerve for some companies. For us, it wasn't so big, you know, because actually that's, that's the way, we, again, how we've kind of operated. But but making sure that all stakeholders are considered um, when decisions are made, so that that does think about your community and your suppliers and your customers, your clients and your the family as well, and and the staff, and you know all of these things have to be taken into account. So 
it's not so just about the profits yeah yeah and also another benefit was around um employee engagement so obviously yes. people are going to be, when people are looking for jobs now particularly um in more recent years of like different generation now are looking much more at a job that meets their sort of sense of meaning and purpose in the world you know aligns with that um and I think you're very clear about again if you're a B if you've got if you're a B Corp you've you've stated that quite clearly about what is important to you and the difference you make but that is um, a huge pull I'm guessing for people to want to come and work with you for the right reasons you're getting people who who are the right fit you've already touched on the fact that you haven't got very many vacancies because people don't want to leave um, <laughs> but but that's good um I also like something you said um which is another uh, one of the benefits that um Walden University found is that continuous improvement and uh you were I can't remember which company you said that someone was renewing after sort of five years they had to renew um, and I understand that part of being a B Corp is that you have to go through that sort of renewal every is it a couple of years or three, every three years yes which yeah. again um is really is great in terms of recognizing that things constantly change and there's always going to be room for development improvement um I don't know if you're if you're going to be still the uh the beekeeper for that one Chris yeah. <laughs> I think I've done my time Lisa <laughs> um, <clears throat> I, I, it, it, you know, these things, I, you know, I, I've personally, I've learned a, a huge amount. I would love someone else in the team to take it on mm. and have that benefit as well. You know, yes, it is hard work, but it's it's a huge learning curve. It's 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 phenomenal. So yes, you have to you have to recertify every three years, and each every year, pretty much, B Corp will make standards higher. Mm. Yeah, so they are, you know not only expecting you to to do better but they are setting the bar higher and higher as well and that's that's no bad thing and i gather that there are now bigger changes going on for the next round of assessments where rather than them looking for a minimum number of points where you could be very environmental and get a huge number of points but really bad at your staff or your community but still get through because you're a hugely environmental company now they want to see a much more even spread across all of the areas um, and really thinking about your impact, more, more about your impact than about your just day-to-day -day stuff that you do. It's how you influence and impact and, and the changes you're making around you. Which is so good, isn't it? Like mm. It's just that constant, mm. it goes back to what I was saying about just the <clears throat> pausing, reflecting and reviewing where you're at and is it still good enough, which not enough people <clears throat> do. So having that as part of a process that requires it just makes you pause yes yes and something I read recently as well about um which I thought was a really interesting uh piece of information from Richard Stammer who's writing for the Harvard Business Review was that the sales of consumers goods with an element of sustainability have been growing four times faster than the sales of non-sustainable consumer goods and again it goes back to the you know it's not just about people who work with you but it's about your customers in terms of what they're looking for and obviously you've got people coming in um renting your properties but for again for other organizations saying you know what's why should i go down this route it's not just about the people you're working with but it's about your reach you know positioning yourself for your your customers um which i think is a, a huge pull right now I, I think, and you, you mentioned, you know, the, the younger generation and, and the way that the, the employers they will look seek for, they'll, they'll seek these these employers out. 
that they will be the decision makers of not many mm. years to come. So, mm. you know, soon these will be the decision makers. And already we're seeing Oxford University, um, county councils, government departments are saying, unless you have an environmental policy with, you know, outlining exactly how you operate, mm. you ain't getting a contract. And at the moment it's over a certain level, but that will start reducing. Oxford University, I think some of the colleges are already saying all their suppliers must have an environmental policy. Mm. Um, and that's a really good example. And, and, and as this younger generation who do care, I think more than the older generation, I think that's a reasonable assumption. Yeah. Yeah. They, will, they will start to say, I'm not dealing with a company that hasn't, not just around the environment, but, you know, proper ESG set, because mm. that's who we want to do business with. Mm. And rightly so, why not? So what about people then who are who listen to this thinking, it sounds great, but it sounds like Chris was kind of hiding in an office behind a pile of paper <laughs> and no one saw him for ages. And <laughs> so they're not convinced about it, potentially just because they haven't got the resources. So would your advice be have a go anyway, or would it just be to look at other ways that they can just do business better? How should they be thinking about that? I, I think the BIA, the, this business impact assessment, is such a valuable tool. <clears throat> Even spending an afternoon reading it will enrich your life. That's so a place to start. That's a place to start. Okay. But, the, you know, the, the, there are other places um, that you can go. You, you, you know, you... you if you start searching for ethical business or doing business eth ethically um, or how do I make my business more sustainable, you, you will start coming across lots of, of different organizations and places where, you, you know, they will have um, proformers for policies or proformers for um, mm -hmm. how things can be done slightly or they'll have a network that you can join or you know if, if people are serious about doing it there are plenty of resources out there but I, I, I just think the BIA is a really good resource and it's free and you can you know print it off or read it on your screen and download it um, and, and a, a, just an afternoon or a day well spent for any business owner. That sounds really good and I know um the organization and I might get this wrong um are they actually called ethical reading yes um and I don't know if there's one in Oxfordshire yet I always remember no. there was going to be one a long time mm. ago they talked about we're going to try and get that going in Oxfordshire we keep saying to Gerprit who, who, who sort yes. of runs ethical reading keep saying you know bring it over to Oxford and he's saying no Jennings must do that <laughs> <laughs> and other things need to do but they're, to do, yeah. they're a great organization again in terms Brilliant. of tapping into yeah. um just lots of really useful ways of yeah. thinking about things and getting upskilled and just increasing yeah. your knowledge. And then um, they, they put on really useful events and they, yes. you know, they're they doing all sorts of community things. It's just a fantastic organisation. So in terms of things that people should take away from this, and you know, you've given lots of advice around where to start and how to think about things. Is there anything else, kind of practical advice that you think it'd be useful to share in terms of what people could go away and start getting their heads around to to make make things better in their in their workplace do you know what one and this, this will worry a few bit of the business owners I, I bet one of the things that we did and I was really nervous about doing it we did a staff feedback questionnaire with you know some proper questions how do you feel about how we run the company how the company is run how do you feel about the hours that you do how do you feel it and you know with a scale of one to five mm. um and make it as hard or as, as as easy as you like. But you, again, you can find performers online for these and you, you can pick your questions. 
So we, because we like to challenge ourselves, we asked some really difficult questions. Um, and the feedback was, it was worrying, but it was lovely because most of the things were in the high end of, yes, we're very satisfied. Um, but there were some that weren't. And so all of a sudden, you know, it, it's like if, if someone, you know, 90 people can pay you a compliment. If one person says, you know, oh, what happened? You you kind of, you focus on that one bit, isn't it? It's the human nature. So of course I went diving straight into the, well, why isn't that right? Why don't we? And so that becomes a focus. Mm. Isn't that good that you've got, you know, out of that? So I would say download the BIA, do a staff feedback, find out how your, your team is feeling, genuinely, feel, and make it anonymous, obviously, mm. um, so people can can do this. Um, and, and the third thing is, I think, make the time and space. And sometimes I think that means bringing someone in, someone, you know, someone like yourself, Lisa. I think, you know, not, not everyone has the capacity or the ability to handle these kind of things as well as they want to. So bringing someone in, it's, it's it, it, you know, it makes the team sit up and listen, I think. And also just how you ask the questions. So yeah. you know, there's the having the confidence to ask the questions, such as those you're asking in your um, in your questionnaire. But and a lot of people avoid that because they just don't really want to know what's going on under the surface. <laughs> yeah. It can it can be a problem, but I feel like if I don't know about it, it's fine. Yeah. Um, but also people say, well, I've I've asked that. And you mm. and you hear the language they've used, and of course, no one's going, no one's going to say anything. So it's that, it's that skill, isn't it, about just being able to have really good quality conversations. And I think some people really kind of they just try to avoid that, and and that comes with practice. So just you know that idea of creating space, having you know if teams have agendas on meetings for meetings, actually just having on your agenda something around B Corp or whatever you want to call it. And it and it's and it's more than just updates. It's more kind of unpicking where what we're we thinking about this, or this is the stuff mm. that's come up this week, and and actually just using that as time rather than just to almost deal with the business of you know just reporting to each other. Actually, getting underneath the surface of like what does what do we really feel about that, and how could that be better, and why is that like that, and and having the kind of conversations that you were saying you were having. Um, recently with other people from other B Corps about how can we um, you know make a difference in the future um, so it's so it's those kinds of quality conversations that people just need to get used to having more about whether it's B Corp or you know employee well-being or whatever aspect it is just mental health you know that there are so many issues in the workplace at the moment you know from you know the cost of living the the, the climate crisis to mental health generally to Childcare to you know a zillion things you you need to know about your team that probably as you say you, if if you haven't heard about it you probably don't want to know about it and yeah yeah, yeah. ostrich effect yeah yeah very much so um Chris before I say goodbye to you Carla Marisa who's a, a recent guest um on this podcast has provided a blind question for you mm. is there a skill you've always wanted to master. I spent some time traveling um, and got addicted to scuba diving. Oh, wow. And I got to the point where I wanted to become a dive master. Um, but I, I I didn't have the resources or the, you know, the the amount of dives. You have to do a certain number of dives. And 
I got to a rescue diver, but not to a, uh, um, a dive master. And I, I really wish I'd pressed on with that. Not that I'd be a dive master now, but, you know, it was just, yeah, at the time, being addicted to scuba diving and being able to, to, to lead a group out would have been phenomenal. There's still time. I know. <laughs> <laughs> now you're not going to be busy doing your speed corp stuff. <laughs> the, trouble, the, tr the other trouble is that I, I don't really do it in cold water. I, I like to have, yeah, so I need to be quite a way away. <laughs> Remote working is all the rage now. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, thank you so much for your time today, because I think you have explained brilliantly what B Corp is actually about. Thank you. Um, as well as how to think about engaging with that process and the benefits that it brings. And I think people, you know, you hear this term banded around. I'm not sure that how many people really know what it actually means, what it's, what it's all about. So I think you've really hit the nail on the head. And when people understand the why, it's, it's kind of like, actually, yeah, I can get, I get it now. And I get the difference it can make. And, and actually your practical advice around where to start and just, you know, looking at the BIA and thinking about its questions and having the conversations. It's like so much the advice that many of my guests offer, which is just start small, just start really simple, find a particular resource, just have that as a talking point with your colleagues and just see where the conversation goes. Um, it's, it's, it's really important that people don't feel they have to go all the way to be certified. Yeah. They, they can just you know, find an area that they feel most comfortable with and work on that to start with. Mm. Why not? Yep. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. Been a pleasure. Been brilliant. And I look forward to, um, hopefully we'll have like an annual update or something. Maybe when you go through your uh, your red next next round of proving mm. that you're still improving. Oh, well, well, is this a good chance to plug my series of events? Yes, do. Oh, okay. Okay, well, that, I, I shouldn't actually have said that because we're still in the process of sort of planning them. However, <laughs> um, I do have dates. On the 27th of April, 9.30 to 11, um, and we have uh, a What is B Corp event. And this is at Monument Park. It's in, in our training room at Hamden House. Um, some guest speakers and a sort of round table and some Q&As and some, just some really interesting conversations going about what is very much like we've just had now brilliant second then is on the 8th of june and that's about how do i go for net zero seven steps to net zero um and we've got dr sarah larue from brooks oxford brooks coming for for that and hannah scott and then at the tail end of september it's how do we communicate our message because a lot of this is about how we talk about it brilliant so have, have, keep, keep an eye out and go to the website and um that was a really bad plug, isn't it? It was a really good plug. And I did <laughs> okay. ask you to make sure you did plug it. So oh, yeah. I'm glad you have. And I, will I always forgot. Sure <laughs> we'll put links to all the stuff in the show notes as well. So okay. you can go and find out. Um, and I'm trying to remember information. Um, really? So that'll all be there. So um, that'll be those those opportunities, I think, will be great for people to kind of just get hear some of these messages again and help it sort of help digest it and also to ask questions and just to be part of a, a bigger discussion around yeah. it. See who else is out there. Doing yeah, it. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Chris, yeah. thank you very much. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you for joining me on the Beyond the Water Cooler podcast. I hope it's got you thinking about how you can make a real difference to company culture 
that enables people to really engage and thrive. And now it's your turn to help me, please. Rating my podcast and leaving a review means that my guests' messages spread further. And when I know what you've enjoyed, found helpful, what you'd like to hear discussed more of in the future and ideas for great guests, I can make sure I deliver. Let's continue the conversation about the points raised in this podcast, or perhaps you have other questions about employee experience and performance. You can email me at It's Time for Change, connect with me on LinkedIn, or why not pick up the phone? I love to walk and talk. My details are all in the show notes. So until next time, bye for now. Thank you.